So, I only had one shower thought type question to ask you. And when I read it, it seemed like I was trying to be controversial, contentious. But it's a genuine question, and it's not not to be laughed at. You're a proper person, Mike. <laughs> what? Right? I, yeah, I'm not an actor. Is it okay to fart? What's your view on farting? What do you mean, what's my view on farting? Is it okay to fart? Is it okay for other people to fart in, when you're around? Do, do you want people to leave the room, go to the bathroom? I, I, I've, I don't want to talk about this. This is awful. <laughs> Ooh, I yeah, feel it's very uncomfortable. Like, what are you going to do? Like explode? But then at the same time, it's like terribly socially awkward, and and you can't excuse yourself going to another room and then like fart really loudly and come back in. It's like, oh, excuse me, one sec. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take a break from recording this podcast. Walk outside, let rip, and then come back. Well, then you go to the bathroom. Then yeah, you you're gonna go to the bathroom, and then people are gonna hear that you didn't actually do anything except maybe you know silent but deadly. <laughs> but then no one's gonna listen to you through the. Through the door. That's a bit ridiculous. Yeah, so what do you have to do? Do you have to like flush the toilet just to, to cover? One mi- <laughs> Let's not think about it theoretically. What's the reality? What's the reality? I don't want to tell you my fart. <laughs> my, I don't want to tell you the secrets of my farting technique. <laughs> That's how we'll get to know you better. Because I have been taught that I need to go to the bathroom. It, it's a minefield, this, because... Kez doesn't like it. I thought around guys it'd be fine, but Kez has taught me it's not fine. So I'll go to the bathroom. Yeah, that's the thing, because you, you can't tell if people, you can't tell if, you know, you're being really subtle and no no one can tell that you're just like releasing pent up wind or if really it stinks, but no one's going to say anything because they're too polite. You're still not telling me the reality here. <laughs> not or you. what's okay. Okay. You'd have to tell me what the reality is, but what's okay? What's okay is that so long as nobody knows, I think it's okay. But do people know or not? What do you expect from your friends? What do you expect from my friends? I expect no farting from my friends. So long as nobody knows, it's okay. So as long as we can all live under this illusion that no one's farting, even if they're farting imperceptibly all the time, then I'm fine with that. That's it. That's all I wanted to hear. And what triggered this was someone let rip whilst at the urinal. And I thought, is that okay? Is this a Hong Kong thing? And I realised I was doing it as well. You were doing it as well. I'm doing it as well. So I thought, I can't judge him. It's just like public burping in Hong Kong. It's just a thing. Everyone just like burps like it's no big deal. And I feel like people like noisily farting is probably another symptom of this. Although you're right, farting is, the farting is not in public. The farting is in, you know, in the bathroom. It's like, it's the bathroom. It's acceptable to fart. And they'll just like blast one out as you're walking past them. <laughs> and the question was, is it okay in a public bathroom? In a public bathroom? Yeah. Well, as I said, I prefer to live under fiction that nobody's farting. Fine. It's like I went for a time like I believe that girls don't poo. Never seen them do it. It's fine. Another fiction. What, you've never watched Two Girls, One Cup? No. (laughs) I've never watched it either. (laughs) Just just disclaimer. I've never watched it either. But I know know what it is. Welcome to Lost Lovers Club. We're a book club for games. And we are today. He's so excited, yeah. We are. I have here tonight Sir Michael. Hello. And myself. Tingathy. Can you do it in the style of um uh, uh I don't know, a frail old old lady? Tingathy? That's beautiful. <laughs> okay, so it's part three of Earthbound. Do you want to do the usual warning? There will be spoilers for Earthbound. Spoilers for Earthbound. 
I want to do a little bit of a summary from part two, but my memory doesn't go back that far. So it's been a long time since you played it. Yeah, it has been. So when did you play, when did you last play Earthbound? Before Christmas. Before you went away for Christmas. Wow, okay, so you were really well ahead. Yes. And have you played any more since? No. So you are also just at the last checkpoint. No, I even started a bit of the last part. And I thought I had to stop. I have to stop because I know it's not happening. If Mike has left the country, there's no way we're recording another episode. You just must stop now, Ting. Yeah, because I think it's not good to get too far out of sync. Yep. Well, to recap. Yeah, even for me, actually, I played of this section of the game. I played probably the first half of this chunk before Christmas. And then I played the remainder uh, last week. So I only finished it off last week. But yeah, it is going back in the distant past a little bit. But we can easily say, okay, so we've, we're at side now. So this was another fairly sizable chunk of the game. And we went, what, all over the place from side back to the monkey caves and the monkey caves to winters. And then from winters to summers, and then from summers to Dalam, and from Dalam to Scarabba, and Scarabba to the deep darkness, and then back to winters again. So we went all over the place. And actually interesting as well, we we kind of left Eagle Land, so we kind of left America, and so the towns are no longer numbers. So four side, four is the biggest number, there's no five turn or... Sixville. No, there isn't. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. I think the tone of the game maybe has changed a little bit. Because it feels slightly like we've gone off the rails. You're no longer like following this road from one town to the next. Now we've got... Well, we've had the Skyrunner. And then things have opened up a lot once we can teleport. But yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. So, the Monkey Caves. How did you find the Monkey Caves? So that's back in the desert. Yeah, back in the desert all the way. You're trying to retrieve the trout yogurt machine for some reason. There's nothing remarkable about the monkey caves. <laughs> not what? that. What? Not that. Well, it's just a crazy fetch quest. Crazy. I would say boring. <laughs> irritating fetch quest. Crazily irritating. Crazily annoying, yeah. Actually, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. I mean, everything you need to fetch is actually in that dungeon. So at least you don't have to go out and buy stuff and come back and go out and buy stuff and come back. Uh, With the exception of the picnic lunch and the skip sandwich to initially get in, which are actually in the gold mine. So you still don't really need to buy anything. But I was still having inventory space issues. I think it's like, you know what? I mean, I I probably do have enough inventory space, but it's like range anxiety for electric cars, isn't it? I feel like I don't have enough inventory space. I'm always like, oh, I don't really want to pick up this cookie. I might need the space. I'll just throw it away. You threw stuff away? Yeah, I've just been throwing away I've just been throwing away cookies. I'm just like, allow this cookie. Ugh. Or just actually, eat. I'll eat it. Just eat it. It's a delicious cookie. I tried to s- use my for sale sign, because that's what happens when you run out of inventory space. Hmm. But I had a customer tell me they couldn't find me, which actually made me laugh. And I did it again later on. We can talk about that later on, though. Is there anything else you want to talk about in the monkey caves? I don't think there was anything else that memorable about the monkey caves... Other than that, it's more just... The plot is really weird. 
maybe we should look back on the plot at the end, at the, you know, at the end end. But why are we trying to fetch this trout yogurt thing? Never mind. That's probably not even the weirdest thing we do in this section of the game. So then I think the most important thing then is after the monkey caves, a monkey teaches us how to teleport. Yes. And that really surprised me. Like, I did not know, as we've said in the last section, the furthest I'd actually played previously up to this was three, even though I thought I'd played further, but it turns out that was as far as I'd gotten. So I did not know you could teleport in this game, number one. And number two, I did not expect the teleportation to work the way that it does. How did you expect it to work? I think in most games, when you get a a teleportation or like a travel skill... Like the bus. You thought it would be an extension of the bus. So, well, I thought you would just say, I want to go here, and then it will play some animation, and then you'll be there. But you need a run-up to teleport. You need a really good run-up to teleport. And if you don't have a good enough run-up, and you run into something, you just kind of explode. Yeah, you lose your side points as well. I mean, not all of them, but... Yeah, well, you, you know, you've paid the cost to teleport, and... This has gotten me into some trouble since I I teleported back to Winters. Well, because in Winters, there are some weapons there that you couldn't afford the first time round. But now I've got Ness, I've got my whole party, and I was like, oh, and there's that sanctuary location, you know, that I couldn't go into before because it said, oh, you must be with like the chosen one or you need the sandstone or whatever it was. So I'll go back there and get it. But when I actually got to Winters, sure, I bought the weapon, but then the enemies have all changed. They're no longer those goats. Now they're like deadly robots aliens and it was really tough and i was like oh okay i'm i'm getting out of here again and i tried to teleport and i just couldn't get a long enough run up and i know you can kind of turn around and try and like do it in a circle but i just could not do it i just could not do it and in the end i just i just got good and i was just grinding and grinding and grinding until i maybe this is maybe this is why i was later commenting that certain things were pretty easy because maybe i just massively over leveled as a result of this but i was grinding until i managed to fight my way down to where i could get a long enough run up well i i just ground my way down till i got to the sanctuary location and got the sanctuary wait let's go back a step don't we have to go to the monotony however you want to say it building Oh, that's true. I skipped that bit out. You're right. You get to see Pokey. Yes. Again. I can't, I can't even remember what happens. You know what? I don't even remember exactly what happens in this book of the game. You're right. You get the trout yogurt. Because you've got the trout yogurt, you're allowed to go up to the 48th floor because his maid wants to give him trout yogurt. She takes the machine off you. You go up there. You meet Mr. Monotoly. He's like an old man. He's like, oh, sorry. It was the statue. Blame Pokey. You can have my helicopter. Yes, and then you go in the helicopter, but Pokey sabotages your attempt. So Mr. Monotoly tries to repent, he gives you his helicopter, but Pokey nicks it and flies off. And then, yes, you then have to find another way. And that's when I, the Runaway 5 come and help you out at the top of that building. Oh my goodness! Yeah, okay, wow, I'm like completely confused by this. I remember now, yes, you go up there, you have to fight the annoying robot. And yes, the Runaway Five are finally good for something, and also good riddance. I'm I'm still glad to see the back of them. They're just oh my goodness. And this is when I had that moment where I tried to sell something again, and then I had a proper, I had some proper feedback from my customer. <laughs> I think you should give it up and go home. 
if you took your business more seriously, you would be more considerate to customers. And I, that's when I tried to use the for sale sign on the 48th floor. I thought that would be fine. But it's... I don't see why it's not fine. I don't know. We're going all over the place here. But the places where you can use the for sale sign and it's fine, like you can use the for sale sign in the middle of a poisonous swamp that you can only see in with the aid of a mystical artifact. But that's fine. <laughs> that made me laugh as well. But on the 48th floor of a building, that's not fine. I thought maybe like it might not let you use it in the monkey caves, for example, because... It doesn't. We are, I was thinking like from a design point of view, it might make sense so that you don't accidentally sell one of the items you need to give one of the monkeys or to make it less likely that you would. But that's quite a, that's quite a weak reason for doing it. How did you get to Summers? So you go back to three and you repair the flying ship. Yeah. You've got to repair the Skyrunner, don't you? And that will take you that will take you to Winters and that will take you to Summers. Yes. But so I you... but I think I did teleport to Winters, have to deal with all this bullshit, monsters, and then from there had to then teleport back to three to pick up the Skyrunner to go to Winters to go to Summers. Oh. So I think I think I did subject myself to this like crazy round trip. I didn't yeah. Mine was more straightforward. Because you took on you took on the aliens. I got one shot in and I avoided them at all costs after that. Yeah, well, I, I was trying to avoid them too, but I did I did manage to fight my way down. How did you come across the Skyrunner? That's what I, I, I want to know. I went back and just knew it was there. You knew to get... That was what you were looking for? I may have seen this in a player's guide. <laughs> yeah, I've just given up all pretense now. I've been looking at a guide. Now that I know that they actually gave you a guide with the instruction manual, I'm like, oh, that's fine then. So I'm just looking at a guide now. <laughs> but not that guide, another guide. Not a different guide, yeah. A guide that scrolls more quickly. But yeah, I've I've been looking at a, a player's guide now. Oh, if it's good enough for Mike, it's good enough for me. You know what? Embrace your millennial nature. What about our millennial na- nature allows us the guide? Um, Easy mode. Fair play. Or the, or again, it's, it's easy mode being a baby boomer. And being like, oh, well, I had a job in a house when I was your age. That's the problem with being smart. You can argue anything your way. <laughs> Are you trying to say I'm smart? <laughs> How dare you? Here, we, we, no one's mentioned anything about beating the fourth century. We just did. It was no drama. Oh, wow. No, no excitement. The sanctuaries. I mean, there's, oh, there's so much stuff that's like... How to look at this game. How to comment on this game. There's the natural thing of just talking about the story, but the story just goes all over the place and is so arbitrary. I'm really not sure how much effort we should put into actually trying to talk about what we did because... Because it's so arbitrary. So far, we've just followed through the path of the story and that seems like a natural way to hold it together. Because it's so arbitrary, unless you have played the game yesterday as evidenced by your memory problems and my memory problems it's impossible to keep track of what actually happened and have it make any kind of coherent sense if you haven't played the story i might as well just be going you know yeah it's like it's it's what the hell's up with the sanctuary locations i don't know it was this i can't even remember what sanctuary location this was is it there's a magnetic hill there's like a little magnetic triangle but that's later isn't it it's, it's in the backyard of the Monopoly building. There's like a little magnetic... You know, th- there's just loads of garbage. There's just loads of stuff happens. 
loads of stuff happens it's very confusing i'm not sure any of this is a highlight i'm not sure any of this section of the game really is noteworthy but there needs to be some transition to summers Where it sounds. <laughs> yeah, summers. It's quite different again, I guess. It is. It's almost back to the towns again. Almost. Well, summer's like a holiday resort, mm. isn't it? It's a holiday resort and it's got like, it feels kind of like, what does it feel like? It feels like Italy, almost. You've got like the the white, close-built houses near the port and then you've got like the long beach with the... Hotels, the restaurant, the club. Stoic Club. Hmm. I was trying. I was trying to actually figure out what they were getting at with Stoic Club. What is Stoic Club meant to represent? It's there. You know. Do you know what? It's a stereotyping. It's a stereotype of what? Who is it stereotyping? Ting. I don't know. I'm going to say. Go on, be flippant. Pretentious windbags. Hipsters. Hipsters. What is a hipster? Hipster. Hipster is a word oh. that has lost all meaning. I now. shouldn't say hipster. If I. If I. Remind myself what the definition of hipster is. It's not hipsters. People just use hipster now to mean anyone they kind of think's a bit of a douche. That's not true. That that is how I've just used hipster, but I know that's not the real definition of hipster. Yeah, you know, I don't think any of them has a fixie bike, or what else do they do? Glasses with no lenses. Is that hipster or is that just stupid? Oh well, I shouldn't say that because I know people who do that. I don't think it's hipster. I wouldn't qualify it as hipster. Hipster is, in, isn't it like intentionally being countercultural? <laughs> do, do you mean countercultural? Do you mean countercultural? Because countercultural is actually kind of funny as well. <laughs> it's like, oh, I got my marrow for the farmer's market. That would work as well. Both would work. <laughs> it would actually work as well quite well, yeah. Bri- briefly off topic. What do you think of the rise of vinyl? The re-rise of vinyl, the the zombie apocalypse vampire resurrection of vinyl. Did you know more albums were sold on vinyl than digital downloads last year? No, digital downloads? Did you say digital downloads? Yeah, I said digital downloads. So more albums were sold on vinyl than, you know, as MP3s last year. Impossible. You're lying to me. No, it's because people don't really buy albums anymore. People who are downloading music will just download the track they like. They don't buy the album anymore. So, so more albums were sold as vinyl than digital downloads. That I believe. That's horrifying. It's vinyl, for fuck's sake. Okay, it's nice to have a physical artifact from an arty-farty stoic club point of view. But at the same time, it's so impractical. It's so impractical. And when are you going to play it? You damage it every time you play it. <sighs> Analog is better. I'm just shaking my head. I don't really believe that's fine. I, I I can say that because I can. Yeah, analog is better in theory. In practice, it's not. So is the Stoic Club, which is important because it's got the, it's got, got the, it's got the captain's wife who makes magic cake. Yes. I again, like you know what? I did not understand what that was about. I felt like I was missing a joke there. What is the magic cake? I don't know either. Because what's the magic cake made of? She actually ha- she makes a particular comment that the magic cake is made out of things I found in the cupboard or I found on the floor or something. Clearly, you're 
from that generation or that era where you respect the decisions made within these games much more than me. I just think they happen. It's like happenstance, and they just is this. That's how it is. Where you, you seem certain there's a reason for it. I think I just can't fathom that someone would make a game that is loved as much as Earthbound is. That is just random bullshit on the level of holds up Spork. I'm the Penguin of Doom. But you like Harry Hill. <laughs> I just think Harry Hill's a crazy lunatic, but you think there's reason behind the lunacy. Oh, Mr. Harry, why are you so sad? We're going to be late for the Badger Parade. You have to believe there's reason. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. Anyway, magic cake made of leftover ingredients, and then you just have a hallucination. A serious one. A very intense one. You have a seizure. And next thing you know, your name is Pooh and you're the prince of some mountaintop kingdom. So, Dalam, I don't know why I made this comment. I just said Pooh looks like Charlie Brown, an angry one. Yeah, he an does. Charlie Brown. He does. He does. He does. He does. He's true. Also, I was taking from my people a lot. Yeah, they say they say you're really popular with the girls or something, isn't it? There's lots of, there's lots of like flippant comments that, and they're like, oh, Prince Pooh, come and ransack my house. Take some rice gruel. It's quite effective, actually. As poo. Did you read the guide about this? Poo gets PP from PP. Poo and PP. What is this game? I never even noticed that before. He can restore side points by drinking water, whereas the others basically don't. And then he gets he gets more health and side points back from eating things like rice gruel and other Eastern foods than the other party yeah, members. He, he gets like one health point. I, I don't know which way around what happens, but sometimes I get one or two health points from something like, which, from which I expected 80. Yeah, if you give, like, rice gruel to Pooh, he'll get, like, 80. But if you give it to Ness, he'll get, like, one. But if you give, like, a double cheeseburger to Pooh, he'll get, like, one. What a waste. But I guess, you know, that's the beauty of it, I guess, yes. Well, I guess this is, like, the game having character. Yeah. You know, I guess I guess that's the thing. Another another funny thing, so it's like, if you want to save your game when you're poo, you can talk to the advisor by the throne, because his haircut is like a phone. I mean, he just cut, yeah, now you said it, it's obvious. And, and when you talk to him, he's like, oh, Nez, why are you pretending to be someone else? What's up with your voice? How do, what, okay, how do we get out of Dalam? Because do, we don't go into the sanctuary. No, you, um... You do your meditation. You do your moo training, like nothingness training, which is actually quite brutal. It's like, meditate, imagine I'm going to rip off your arms and I rip off your legs and I rip out your eyes. It's like, what is this? And eventually you achieve, you know, like nothingness and then you're ready to go on your quest and everyone in Dalam has like prophetic visions or something like you must go and help Nez. You must support him on his journey. He's the chosen one. I'm like, he's the chosen one. I'm the prince. But uh, apparently that doesn't count. And then you teleport to Nez using your far superior teleport beta, which doesn't require anywhere near as long a run-up. It's just a twirl. It's just a twirl, but it costs four times as much. But that's quite good value considering that trying to do a teleport in a short space and usually it takes me like 20 tries to get it. Seriously? No, that's not... That's, you're exaggerating. Well, you know, if you're trying to, do, trying to teleport... 
it, not not right here, but later on when you when you lose poo. I mean, like again, like getting ahead of myself. I tried to teleport out of the deep darkness because you know what? Never mind. We'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. I am so confused. Why do you why do you get the I you know again like we're going through these notes. We're going through these notes and again just evidencing how strange this game is. We both remember very strongly having to get the autograph from Venus and that she signs a banana peel. But I have no recollection of why we did this. I can't remember. I remember you that- need it. You go to the dinosaur museum and the curator says, oh. But, but why do we go to the dinosaur museum? Why are we going to the dinosaur museum, Ting? The problem is we may, we both may have looked at the same guide and just did it because we had no idea what we were doing. No, no. I did it for a reason. They do actually tell you in game, go here. Like the trout yogurt thing. In the game, they give you a reason. It's a really stupid reason, but they give you one. It was because the cleaner comes up to you and says, oh, I'm looking for some fancy high class yogurt, like trout. And it's like, oh, I happen to have a machine that makes trout yogurt. If you get it to me, then you can go up to the 48th floor. They, they actually do give you quite an explicit reason, even if it's really stupid. I do remember that for some reason, we had to get into the dinosaur museum to see some hieroglyphs. We had to see some hieroglyphics that were in a back room. And to get into the back room, we had to convince the curator of the museum. And the only way we could convince him was to give him an autograph of Venus, which we happened to get on a banana peel. Because that's all she would sign. Because that's all she would sign? Yes. There is a gallery in Summers where the guy's like, gets a letter from the curator of the Foresight Museum saying, oh, I've got something amazing to show you. But it's really contrived. It's really contrived because skipping ahead some more, once you get poo and once you've eaten the magic cake, made by the captain's wife and the captain's like oh thanks for getting my wife out of that stupid stoic club i can take you to scarabba now which you get once you've got the stupid hieroglyphs but like why and we finally get to scarabba and we go into the pyramid where the hieroglyphs are we don't even look at the hieroglyphs we don't even look at them we literally just go through this freaking pyramid walk out the other side the Moo training man just shows up and he's like, oh, I'm going to treat Poo some magic. And then they whiz off together. No one looked at any hieroglyphs. Now I don't have Poo anymore. Now I'm stuck with my lame, stupid, need a long run-up teleport again. <laughs> we need to go back. <laughs> What's going on? Do you want to keep going forward? We need to go back. Why do we need to go back, Ting? Does it make any sense? <laughs> you must acquit. Never mind. You're obviously not familiar with the Chewbacca defense. No. Go on then, go back. So we've got Venus. We have to suffer her performance. Oh, jeez. Some guy tries to rush the stage. She is, smacks is it... you when you get the autograph. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's the museum curator guy who's clearly a stalker. I can't even remember. Where did we get the banana peel from? I don't know. I don't think it's in the inventory. But why, yeah, why does she have a banana peel? And, you, and then you talk about things like contact lenses. The contact lenses were there before. The contact lenses were, we found them in the desert. And you could have actually handed them in much earlier. But I foolishly left the contact lenses in Paula's inventory and then she got kidnapped and then I couldn't hand them in. So it was only when I got Paula back that I realised, oh, I've got all this junk cluttering up my precious, precious inventory space. 
And so I went and handed in the contact lenses. And the guy is like, oh, thanks. Thanks for giving back this family heirloom. They were my grandma's contact lenses. We never throw anything away in this family. Have some dirty socks. Seriously? Seriously? That's what you get when you hand back the contact lenses. So what do you do with the dirty socks? They are a unique single-use battle item that when thrown will stun an enemy. Did you use them? No, I didn't use them because they're unique. I can't use a unique item. I sent it back with Escargot Express. <laughs> this is why I've got no inventory space. And the carrot key? This is more like random, random, random stuff. You just find a carrot key and then use it to open up. There's two sanctuary locations really close together. Just like bizarrely close together. You go into the sewers in Foreside. You fight your way through the sewers. You get to this magnetic hill, which is this little like weird miniature mountain at the back of at the back of the monopoly building and then there's a present back there which contains a carrot key and you use the carrot key in delarm to get past some random rabbit statues yes and fight your way through another mysterious but very short dungeon and then you get another sanctuary location and that's six done the pacing of this game the pacing of this game we went a long time you know that whole first section of the game we did one sanctuary location and then the whole second section of the game we did what maybe one or two more and now suddenly we've done two within you know like half an hour of each other so let's go back to summers i think i have one more thing to say before we leave and head out to sea was i got attacked by a taxi did this happen to you yeah that's ridiculous it could happen to you in foresight as well really yeah there's like a rogue taxi just driving around that can attack you did that happen to you yes that's crazy. And the sign attacked me. Yeah. I mean, what the was going on? Actually, the sign attacking me surprised me. I did not expect the sign attacking me. But it's just random enemies. It can happen. But then we can go. We're out to sea. And stuff happens out at sea as well. You have to fight the Kraken. Which wasn't that. Which was actually a really lame boss. All the, the bosses in this game are trivial. I don't even remember any particular strategy. I just hit it a lot. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I can't work out whether it's because I'm overpowered or overleveled or whether I'm, tr- I'm respecting these bosses too much. But I think we can talk about it at the end. We'll know more. I don't know whether it's going to be harder or it's going to be the same. I don't know whether by the end of the game there's going to be some like thing that just magically ties the whole thing together and it's going to be like, it was genius. It was so smart. No wonder everyone loves this game. Or if it's going to be like, so I didn't really get it. Well, so I, I reserve judgment, but I think you can tell which way I'm leaning. I'm surprised. I'm surprised too. So we land in Scaraba. We do a load of bullshit. And the arms dealer is there. Your favourite. Oh, I love him. I did see. <laughs> because I think I'm a bit slow sometimes when it comes to these things. It's, he's always going to be lurking around for me. He's just going to be there. If you think about it from a design point, point of view... Could, they could have put something else in there and it would have been fine, but they've called him an arms dealer and that tickles me. So, skipping back to where my rant led us to last time, Pooh is gone to learn PK Starstorm. We've fought our way through the pyramid we're on the southern side of Scaraba 
that was another not very interesting dungeon. Which was not very interesting, the pyramid. Yeah. But then we get to the bit I actually did quite like, or I thought it was funny, or I thought it, I thought it was weird, but in a good way. So you meet Dungeon Man. Which you expected. Not like this. Not like this. The guy who made the modest dungeon, who obviously loves dungeons, Jeff's dad has turned him into a dungeon man. He's literally taken this man and turned him into a living dungeon. Has science gone too far? And there's all these weird signposts of commentary inside the dungeon too. Like, it is every dungeon owner's responsibility to provide a doctor. And so there's just a room with a doctor in it. Yeah, and a rest area. And a rest area. There's loads of rest areas. Again, like a weird pacing decision. Suddenly inside Dungeon Man, there are like three park benches you can just rest on. as if Like hotels, for For free. And I just completely spammed it until I repaired all the items in Jeff's inventory, finally. Oh, and you give me stick for abusing the butterflies. Oh man, abusing the butterflies. You know what? I've developed so many bad habits. I'm becoming you. It's terrible. I completely tried to cheese the butterflies in the pyramid. And it's only because I accidentally fell down the hole, which is, again, I imagine the sort of thing you would do, but I couldn't cheese the butterflies. And then, yeah, same here. I just completely abused the park bench. And then my dad called me in the game and was like, oh, Nez, it's like it's time for you to take a break. And last time I was like, oh, okay, dad. And I'd quit and then reload the game. And this time I was like, yeah, whatever. I'll continue. And he was like, oh, I'm a bit disappointed, but I guess the end of the world is at stake. And I was like, yeah, exactly. Get out of my face. And this is coming from the guy. Who accidentally called Escargo Express and gave him something to take just because. Because I felt bad. Not anymore. Not anymore, man. I'm done with this nonsense. Let's go. Let's go. I need to catch my breath. And that Dungeon Man has a collection of abandoned vehicles. Is that right? Yes. It's such a bizarre thing. Well, he he has like... There's like the goodbye hole or something, isn't there? There's two exits. I can't remember what they call them. There's, there's, there's all this weird stuff before. It's something like there's, there's a signpost that reads just before you make it to the top that says, congratulations, you made it. There's a sign that says this upstairs. And it's like, what? And then you climb up the rope to the next floor. And then there's a sign there and you read the sign and it says, congratulations, you made it. And it's like, Oh, I'm not sure what I expected that sign to say. They did warn me. (laughs) (laughs) And then you finally get, you know, you're at the top and there's a man's head poking out the wall and he's like, hi, I'm Dungeon Man, I'm a dungeon now. And then another, yet another weird pacing design choice. Once you leave Dungeon Man for the first time, he actually follows you like a member of your party and he, he helps you out in battle. And it's so strange that they went to all the effort of making this massive sprite that walks after you for about 30 seconds because all you do is walk to the south and he gets trapped in palm trees and he's like oh i'm sorry i'm trapped in the trees i can go no further this is my final resting place it seems like they went to such a huge amount of effort for such a throwaway thing and then you've got to go back inside dungeon man again to his yes museum of broken vehicles where you have to repair a submarine and from there you get to the deep darkness which is just a swamp so this time around with the Escargo Express and customers, they will literally rush through the swamp to get to you. They do not care that they're trudging through 
a poisonous swamp. You know, and it's up to the... <laughs> Because it's sprites, you just, it looks like you can just see the tip of their forehead, but obviously that's not real. But they're just blazing a trail to get to you, whereas they couldn't even be asked to go take a lift. Yeah. Okay. Well, finally, the deep darkness then. A poisonous swamp. A poisonous, annoying, slow-walking swamp. Did you find no joy in this place? I found this area annoying. (laughs) Did you buy the piggy nose? Yes, I did. So, yes, I talked to some NPC and they convinced me that I should buy this piggy nose because then I could find magic truffles. Because we had a lot of money as well. So it was not a tough decision to make. Yeah, money's no object. I've got like 100k in the bank at this point. So you buy the piggy nose? Yes. Thus cluttering up my inventory even more, I have this worthless piggy nose so that I can find magic truffles that I don't want. But you need the PP? I think I actually really don't. I actually really don't think I do. I, so I found, I found the first truffle, or at least I found a truffle. I assume it's the first one because it's really near where you first arrive. And yeah, I could not be bothered. I could just totally not be bothered to find the others. I didn't even try. I tried like I tried like once to find another one. It was like it's not here here and it's like okay, fine. I just don't care. One truffle is enough for me. And then I summoned Iscargo Express and I ditched the nose and the truffle. I found 3, I think, or 4. And they were obviously at the trees where there were dead ends. So it's like you've gone too far. You know, you've missed the turn. There's a truffle here as a reward for your tenacity. Well, only because I wanted to pick up stuff. I, I was desperate for consumables because I believed the game would get hard. It's so funny. I think we just got like very different inventory strategies. I think I am actually carrying around a load of unique items in my inventory that I feel like I can't use. And that's my inventory is permanently cluttered with junk. But they're the unique items you can't use. So you just get, they're the ones you send off to. Yeah, I know. It's idiocy. <laughs> it's idiocy. Well, Jeff in particular, I'm storing all his like weird tools. Like I've the counter-sci unit and the shield neutralizer and and the broken stuff in case he fixes it well, but you you really did that yeah i i finally oh i think my inventory is in much better shape now than it was but still i i did think though that if there was an achievement for finding all the truffles would i have done it now that i've caught achievement itis from you i mean you certainly would have done yeah maybe i would have tried a bit harder if there was an achievement for it but because there isn't i was like you know what Finding truffles, not fun. Having truffles, not useful. I'm done with this. But I did want to buy some multi-bottle rockets from the arms dealer. He was in the deep darkness. He was in the deep darkness, yeah. No surprise, I guess. Well, both him and and the other hardcore businessmen. There's the businessman that says, oh, you've got to go a long way to get a good deal. Anyway, but I needed I needed more money to buy the fat loots and there's the weird atm there's the weird like cash machine snorkel guy and he's like i'll charge you a hundred percent withdrawal fee and what did you say to him i said f you good i said f you i'm gonna teleport somewhere with a cash machine and then i wasted like 50 pp trying to teleport (laughs) because you know poo is gone so i've got to use nez's lame long run-up teleport and I don't know. Is this a sign of getting old? I'm sure my reactions would have been better when I was younger, but it literally took me like 20 tries to get a teleport off. What did I do? I bet you just paid the transaction fee like a chump. <laughs> I, did, I didn't. Did you go back to the tender village to do this? 
No, can you go back to Tender Village? Tender Village is further oh, on. I had to go further. I went all the way round. I didn't buy the bottle rockets till later then. Oh. I thought I'm, I'm going to wait and see what happens next. Oh. Yeah, I teleported back to like three or something. Somewhere that's got long straight roads so I didn't have to go through the same palaver on the way back. Yeah, but it took me a long time to, to get a successful run up because you have to turn two corners at extremely high speed. But it was worth it because after getting through the painful swamp and you finally had to fight Master, well, Master Barf. Yeah, because he's Master Belch before, isn't it? And now he's Master Barf. And he says, oh, I, my name is Puke now. But then he's Master Barf, not Master Puke. I think that's some localization error. Whatever. Multi-bottle rocket in his face, like 2k damage, insta-win. Yeah, they're satisfying ones they are. Yeah, so that was worth it at least. And then Pooh shows up, PK Starstorm, job done. Yeah, so I get Pooh back by then. Don't even have to make it to Tender Village. Well, you do have to go to Tender Village because that's where we said we're going to end. That's the checkpoint. It's true. But you also mentioned how Paula is quite good with physical attacks, by the way. Yeah, well, when it comes to fighting, like, you know, we've got Pooh back and he's got PK, well, Psy Starstorm, isn't it? Psy Storm. PK Starstorm is what he says in, well, actually, it's what Nez says in Smash Brothers, but it's actually Pooh's power and it's not bad, but it costs a lot of, you know, psychic points. 24. 24 is quite a lot. Pooh does not have many psi points compared to Paula. No, it's like 100 and something. And he doesn't have psi fire. No, and he doesn't have as as high level as Psy Freeze. And he can't, his physical attack is garbage. Whereas Paula's physical attack is actually pretty good because she uses a pan so, so she can smash. It's three figures. I don't think Pooh does three figures worth of damage to anyone. So it's really interesting how it's changed. To begin with, to begin with, you've got Nez and then you've got Paula. And to begin with, Paula's like, uh, she's okay, but her biggest plus is her side points and she's got so few that you can't really use her and now she's got like boatloads of side points and she's just nuking everyone and when she's bored of nuking she just smacks them in the face with a frying pan job done and then you had jeff who was kind of some utility character because he could spy and he's got the tools but he's kind of lame and now he's suddenly got a heavy bazooka and he's freaking firing bazookas in enemies faces and murdering them in one shot I mean, he's doing big That's, AOE damage yes, to everything. Yes. So suddenly Jeff has become amazing. Paul not- has become amazing. Nez is just baseball batting people in the face. And then Pooh is just utterly poo. He does some healing. Yeah, he does do some healing, I guess. I imagine Pooh is going to suddenly become better later on. Maybe once he's got enough side points that you don't have to worry about star storming things all the time. In any case, the end of this section, Tender Village. What's the deal with Tender Village? I knew that Mr. Saturn was a thing in Earthbound. I did not know these tender things existed. My comment was they were like shy bogeys. It's not a thing to to sell. You can't go anywhere with that. I just find it, I find it kind of odd. Like, what are they? In the same way that the Mr. Saturns, what are they? But the Mr. Saturns have got like way more character. They've got the weird font... They look kind of strange. They've got like all the strange machines, like the funny cash machine, the funny telephone. The tenders just... You can't even call them little peas. They're like capers. They're more shriveled and 
and faulty. I don't know, again, if these are going to become, you know, maybe once they're no longer shy, once you acquire the book on overcoming shyness, whether they'll become more interesting. But right now... Wouldn't surprise me, actually. Well, right now they're quite meh, so I guess that's why no one cares about them. We go back to Winters. Did I, did I say we could go back to Winters? Did I say... You said, don't start Stonehenge Base. So you can go wherever you like as long as you don't start Stonehenge Base. Oh, good. Which is in Winters. So I guess you should go back to Winters. How do you know how to... Well, why would you go back to Winters, Ting? I don't know. Have you forgotten? I guess it's been a month. When you step outside Tender Village again, you get a phone call from Apple Kid. Actually, do you get a phone call from Apple Kid? No, you get a phone call from... You get a phone call from a whole bunch of people. I think Apple Kid calls you and then Orange Kid calls you too to say he went over to visit Apple Kid because he wanted to borrow his book on overcoming shyness. And it was like, oh, thanks, MacGuffin. Yeah, Apple Kid's been kidnapped and you've got to rescue him. And then, in fact, a whole load of people have been kidnapped, including Tony, Jeff's friend. I just remember something I forgot to mention. What? When you get to Summers, Jeff's friend, Tony, calls you. And says, hi, I'm doing a school project. What's your name? They're not you. You, the player. What's your name? What's the deal with that? Yeah, that was weird. And they asked you to confirm it explicitly. It was unexpected and fourth wall breaking. I guess this is the sort of thing that people loved about Earthbound. I have no idea what it's for. I assume at the end you'll get a thanks in the credits or something. Yeah, or hopefully something more chilling. Something more chilling. Yeah. Like the day of your death will be... It's like Death Note. And or the villain will be named you. (laughs) The villain will be named you. (laughs) Yeah. Pokey's real name. That would actually be funny if there was a villain with your name. That would actually be quite, quite funny. Or you're the father. (laughs) Or you're Neza's dad. (gasps) What? (laughs) What if you're a woman, Ting? You sexist. They'll make it work. I'm sure. Did you put your real name? Tingus. Tingus. Pretty much. Over to you, Mike. I think we're done. I I have nothing more to say for this app. I think we have covered everything. Do you need final wrapping up statements for this section of the game? I thought this section wasn't that interesting. Uh... Okay, Dungeon Man was a highlight, and, oh, um, I say that, Summers was quite interesting, but the combat, the, yeah, the dungeons, the combat was not. Yeah, it's really getting to the point where the dungeons and the combat are just a drag. They're not, they're not fun or interesting compared to, I, I think this happens to a lot of RPGs, but... Yeah, I find the combat more annoying than interesting. I find that it's either really, it's either really pointless because you just mash and you win, or you get pretty much one shot. Like they'll do some massive AOE thing, and it's a race against time to kill them before your health spins down to zero because you can't heal fast enough in time because there's no group heal. So I wonder what's going to happen next. Whether it's going to be more of the same, or whether they're going to they're going to ramp it up, or whether I am, you know, am I over leveled? Maybe we should compare, we'll compare that in the next episode. See what levels we finished at to get an idea of either of us, if one of us was overleveled or not. That's a good idea. 
let's make a note let's make a note at the end of the game what level we get to so in fact having mentioned that so what is the next checkpointing what is the last checkpointing the end of the game the end of the game so finish earthbound for next time finish earthbound i'm making wild hand gestures not that wild really no i suppose not that wild we were lost levels club we still are lost levels club Please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please. You can find us on email. Mike.and.ting at lostlevels.club. You can find us on Twitter. At Lost Levels Club. Can you find us on Reddit? Slash r slash Lost Levels Club. That's it. That is it. Mike. (laughs) Anything you're grateful for? It's been a few weeks. You can give me one. I'm grateful for crushing it. I'm grateful for having a terrible cough. I'm grateful it's Global Game Jam this weekend and I'm going to go and make a game in 48 hours. Woo! Or more likely make a disappointing mess after being overambitious and making a sad face because my laptop's screen is actually broken. But whatever, I'm going to go for it anyway. But for the next 24 hours, you can dream big. Yeah, I'm going to dream big. I'm going to make this amazing game. It's going to be the next big thing. I'm going to put it on Steam and Greenlight and everyone's going to vote for it. And I'm going to make a bajillion bucks. Boom. That's amazing. Yeah, that's the plan. Let's see how it pans out next time on Lost Levels Club. So Michael says bye. Bye.